Do you want your business to grow faster? Are you open to new and out-of-the-box ways to drive revenues and increase value? How do you imagine the most successful entrepreneurs and business leaders double, triple, or expand their businesses tenfold or more? The answer is deals. This is a weekly podcast featuring conversations with business owners, executives, and leaders as we reveal behind-the-scenes details that give you, our listeners, the confidence to pursue your own deal-driven growth. On the show, we discuss a huge variety of deals, everything from large complex mergers and acquisitions to smaller deals that you can do even without significant capital. My name is Corey Kupfer, and I've been supporting deal-driven growth for businesses for 35 years as a successful entrepreneur, professional negotiator, and attorney. My goal is to help you strategize, plan for, find, and complete deals that will help your company grow faster. Welcome to the DealQuest podcast. Let's get started. DealQuest viewers and listeners, I am so excited to have EA Solkovitz on the DealQuest podcast. He was born in 1956 to a milkman in Chicago, Illinois. And by the way, some of the younger folks may have to look up what a milkman is, but I know what a milkman is. Um, <laughs> from a commission sales uh, job selling janitorial services to becoming a millionaire at the age of 23, EA is an inspiration to many. A few of his personal achievements include becoming chairman of the House of Holland Jewelers at age 21, starting and operating Delta International, which included building an international workforce of over 33,000 and produced multi-millions uh, of dollars volume, starting and operating Columbia Nutrition Systems, consisting of an international workforce uh, organization of over 10,000 managers and professionals, and authoring The Giver's Mindset, The Giver's Lifestyle, The Giver's Lifelong Learning, uh, for the Give uh, to Be Great book series. And this is something we're definitely going to be talking about. It's a philosophy I really want to hear about. And in addition to that, um, EA has done a number of deals over his life. Uh, as you can imagine, uh, most successful business people I know do. And we're going to get to talk about those as well. EA, welcome to the DealQuest podcast. Thank you, Corey. Thank you for having me on your great show. I look forward to sharing with your listeners. Awesome. So, EA, before we get into, you know, we, your bio gave some of your background, um, you know, uh, uh, told us where you were born and, you know, and, and jumped into, uh, you know, what you did at age 20 something. I want to actually take you back to something that might be in between those two things. Um, when you were a little kid growing up, what did you want to be? Um, because uh, my guess is running these international companies with tens of thousands of people might not have been it when you were uh, 8, 10, 12 years old. But you tell me. Well, uh, actually, I ultimately did when I became a commercial pilot to fly my own planes. Uh, I always was amazed with uh, anything that was up in the sky. And uh, so I, 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 being in Chicago, um, we, we were maybe about 30 minutes from O'Hare Airport. Okay. And there used to be this long street that we could park at and people would just watch the planes go over your car, you know? And so, oh, we used to love doing that. The, you know, the, you think, man, how'd that thing even get up off the ground? So uh, always wanted to be a pilot and uh, was able to fulfill that later on. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And one other question looking back, uh, what was the first deal of any type you can remember doing? Maybe it was something small as a kid, maybe it was later in life, whatever comes to mind. Well, uh, the first deal really was uh, how I worked my way into from being an employee with uh, my business mentor uh, into ultimately owning that business. And then uh, later on, as we sold that business as well. So um, I'd love to share the story, just sort of a little clip of it, if I could. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I would, I, I'd love to hear it. And I know, uh, I know your business mentor was an important person. So uh, I'd love sure. to hear that aspect of the story as well. 
Well, as you said, you know, son of a milkman, you know, so uh, back then milk was in glass containers, something, right. you know, and, uh, and you know, the amazing thing, Corey, it just shows you different times. You know, I mean, obviously we, there was this box outside everyone's house. That was the milkman box. Yep. You know, there was always money in the box and no one ever Nobody touched it. No yep. one touched it. Everyone yep. knew there was milk. That's the milkman money, and that's for the milkman. And not one time was there ever even a penny missing from the milkman money that everyone knew was just sitting outside the house in the box. And certainly different times, right? No and, question. Uh, Listen, I had the same thing in Brooklyn, New York, growing up. We had the box. We put the money. Yeah. We also had we also had the cel what we called the seltzer guy. I don't know why we called him the seltzer guy because he delivered seltzer and soda. Yeah, uh, yeah. But it was the same thing. But yeah, absolutely. Please go ahead. Plus, plus, it's more fun to say salsa. I think that was me. okay. <laughs> so the, <laughs> so you know, you gotta say fun things. So uh, and and while I and then later on at sixteen, I became a janitor. And and there was two really interesting things that happened when I was a janitor. One, uh, I was able to be bonded, so that insured. So I was able to be in expensive places and clean them, if you will. And every Wednesday, I cleaned the house of a lady who's when I mention her name, it won't have any meaning to anyone until I make the movie reference. Okay. Uh, there was a movie out a couple of years ago. Uh, it was called The Founder. Michael Keaton plays Ray Kroc, and it's about McDonald's and that yep. kind of thing. Yep. Right. Uh, so first of all, I can tell you because I lived there. I lived in the Oak Brook area, right? So my and so my whole lifetime, I witnessed the McDonald's phenomenon. During the movie, Michael Keaton's talking to a lady outside his office all the time. He plays Ray Kroc. That lady outside his office, that's June Martino. She was the first woman to ever trade on the New York Stock Exchange floor. Wow. Uh, and I, and had the third most controlling stock. And I cleaned her home every Wednesday night, that lady, right? And she told me one day the whole McDonald's story and how the, the impact that Ray played on her life. And I can tell you the movie, all Hollywood spin. You know, at the beginning it says, based on a true story. Right. It's not the true story. It's right. based, right? So right. It, it's all Hollywood spin and drama. And Ray really wasn't that way. You know what I mean? But Hollywood's Hollywood, right? But, uh, but the interesting thing was she did in one day, tell me the whole experience and how Ray really was her mentor and brought her under her wing. You know, and here I am cleaning this million dollar home for her and I'm like in my teens, right? And I'm thinking, man, this is crazy. You know, people really live like this. And I said, I need, you know, I thought to myself, I need to find like a Ray Kroc. I need to find someone like that, right? I'm yeah. just a burnt out janitor, son of a milkman, right? So, and it was a couple months later, uh, we got a call at the office. This guy was in from Michigan, wanted to estimate on some carpeting because he was opening a jewelry, a diamond store in the area. Uh, and uh, so I went there and met him. We hit it off and he offered me a job and that man became my mentor. Uh, and uh, so over time, you know, I just started work for him and just let you know, it was sort of interesting. I didn't realize he was testing me. When we first met, I knew nothing about diamonds. I was a janitor, right? I told sure. him, I, you know, and he said, I'll teach you. And I said, listen, all I know about diamonds, they're expensive and a lady's going to ask me for one. That's all I know, <laughs> right? And he, he said, well, I'll teach you, right? So when I first met him, I drove from Chicago to Detroit every single weekend on Friday night, Saturday morning, four in the morning, got in the car, drove six hours. It was 301 miles. I still remember the mileage. And I would think of all the questions I was going to ask Sam for six hours. I'm driving, met with him for four five, six hours, got back in the car and drove all the way home. Did that in the same day, every single weekend for four months in a row Wow! because I valued what he had. And I knew 
he had information that I wanted. I knew he was very successful and I knew he was happy, right? And and a little by little, I worked my way up into ultimately becoming chairman of that company. And then um, we sold the company and, and did very well over the years, uh, for sure. Uh, now, but what's interesting about this man, and, and, and I, as I migrate in, uh, Corey, sort of into the importance of when we do deals and when we're in business, how to discern, which is so critical, the right people we want to have around us yes. that can make or break these deals. They can make and break them when they start and et cetera. So I, I'd like to share with your listeners some of the things that I was able to glean over the years from my mentor about that topic. Please, I, was, I would love that. And I assume that's part of what you talk about in various of your books, which I have not had the pleasure of reading yet, but I will. For sure. Thank you. Uh, first, I, the, my mentor was such an amazing man. And, I, and I'll share with you what I call the Sam's sewing machine story. Uh, he was, he was, you know, in the, he grew up in the depression era. And uh, he told me that for some meals, he literally ate cardboard. Wow. Yeah. You might talk about, you know, people were jumping off of buildings because they'd lost their fortunes, uh, multi-mile long soup lines. And he was in his late teens and every day, now here, it shows you this, I and mean, when I tell you the story, it's so incredible and it's, it's, it's a tribute to him and, and what you can do in business. And when you want to make a deal that you're, you don't have money problems, you have idea problems. There's never money problems. It's always an idea problem, right? So, and, and he taught me that by virtue of this story. So every day he'd walk by this store and no one had any money. No one was buying anything. And he saw, and it was a sewing machine store. So there was all these sewing machines inside. They're all collecting dust. He saw there was only one person in there who was the owner. He couldn't even afford employees. You know, there's no money anywhere, right? It's all dried up. So he had this brainstorm and this idea, the light bulb went out, it went off and he went in and talked to the owner. And he said, uh, yeah, I noticed you have all these sewing machines here and you're not selling any. And he says, I'm not selling any. He said, they're just collecting dust. He said, that's all they're doing. He said, uh, could I help you sell some, some of them? And the owner said, you better believe it. You better believe you can help me. <laughs> he said, well, this is what I'd like to suggest. He said, I'd like to sell them because no one has the money to buy the whole sewing machine. I'd like to sell them on payments. You already own them. Yeah, Mir. And we'll split the payments. And if no one, if someone defaults on the sewing machine, I'll back it. I'll back the cost of the machine, right? He said, but we'll split it. And, this, and the owner said, great, fantastic. Just, you know, they're just collecting dust. Get them out there. So then my business partner, later on, my mentor, uh, he then put together some flyers on an old mimeograph machine, right? Yeah. Some flyers of women to work from home because he knew family needed money. So what he did is he put out these flyers all over the place for women to work from home. And he said he was inundated with all these calls. He couldn't even handle all the calls he got because everyone needed money. And they, yeah. I, you know, they wanted a job anywhere they could. So what he did is he set them up in their own little sewing machine business, had them buy the sewing machine on payments. Then also he made a, he made an agreement with them that he would buy all the garments they made, which he then turned around and sold to stores as discounted handmade high quality clothing, which the <laughs> stores then in turn sold to their customers. Love it. Now, during the depression, People are jumping off of buildings. He earned $1 million in one year. Wow. wow. Today, Kauri, that's gotta be 10 million plus, right? And, 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 but, and the interesting thing about the story is that he never put in his own money. He never, you know, I mean, he used what was there and he systemically recognized problems that were there 
and solve the problem for each person in that whole event all the way through from the sewing machine owner to the women who needed money to the store i mean to the customer getting discounted clothing at high grade quality that lasted forever because it was handmade i mean so this incredible so i call it sam's sewing machine story because there's so many lessons in there the there's two lessons primarily one uh in years past i used to teach uh, presidents of companies how to build their businesses and i had uh 50 presidents of a company they were all millionaires in a room 50 different ones every month they paid five thousand each for a three-day training. And I did that for about two years and taught them 410 ways to build their business. Mm -hmm. Those 410 ways, Corey, all developed and would fall under the four primary ways of growing a business. And what's interesting is all four of those ways are in Sam's sewing machine story. Secondly, Sam built a community, which was so important. He built a community, not only a, a, a very intimate community with the owner of the sewing machine, but then with these women who needed to work from home, who they needed money for their family any way they could get it during the depression, right? And so that's what we're gonna start talking about here a little bit is the communities and how they've migrated today, some of them in unpleasant ways that would have a negative impact on someone that owns a business or wants to do a deal unless they've learned how to discern if they yeah, haven't so, learned how to discern how do you pick them right right and i want to definitely delve into that but yeah let's let's take a moment and stop because there's so much as to deals that is in that story and in what you said so first of all you know it's interesting you said uh, you know obviously somebody did that well during the great depression it's an amazing story and when you study history whether it's the great depression whether it's the great recession whether it's you know whatever it is that depressions or recessions are actually where certain people make the most money right? Not the majority of people, right? They, they suffer, but the most opportunity and money is made. And some of that is done, you know, done, done through opportunity for deals, right? Assets are cheap, labor is cheap, that kind of stuff. Um, it, and then the other thing here is, you know, we can, I mean, you know, look at that great story about, you know, Sam's sewing machine, right? And I look at that and I say, you know, one of the things we talk about in this podcast all the time is that deals are not just big mergers and acquisitions and, you know, financing deals and whatever, right? You know, he cut a some sort of sales, uh, you know, strategic alliance, right? With, you know, with the sewing machine shop who needed somebody to, to sell, right? He then cut another deal with the women who, uh, you know, were gonna to sell them the sewing machines over time, but also to buy their goods um, and help them put in the business. Then he cut a sales deal with the, with the store to, you know, to sell, uh, you know, and then obviously they sold the customers. So, you know, for me, you know, that is, I talk about all the time in, you know, current day, how underutilized strategic alliances are. Oh, right? man. And oh, joint sure. ventures and any kind of business, whatever you want to call it, it could be a joint marketing agreement, it could be a distribution agreement. Um, and I always say to folks, people are banging their heads against the wall to get into an industry or a geography or whatever, and they're trying to do it organically. And, not, and listen, you need, obviously, organic sales and marketing is important. There's not a replacement for it. But I'll often ask them a very simple question and say, who is already has access to that market or who can you partner with or who, you know, you know, and they haven't even thought about doing that. Right. And this is an example where somebody saw different needs of different people and basically put them together in a way that benefited everybody. It's amazing. Yeah. And we we actually refer to that. You're right on, Corey. That's so perfect. And and it's probably the single largest, most underutilized because most business owners just don't you know, they were never taught it, right? And they, we call it triangulation because you triangulate with someone else. And we yeah. say, you know, here's a business owner, again, for, you know, forgive me for singing to the choir here, but you know, here's a business owner who over 20 years 
has smoothed their customers, bought them sporting tickets, salesmen took them out for dinner. They have these great relationships that they know, like, and trust. And they may have spent millions of dollars over a couple decades doing this. Yeah. Why in the world would anyone want to go head to head trying to fight for that same marketplace when you could just go in and they will walk you in the door if you learn how to craft those relationships properly and you can compress 20 years and millions of dollars down to one month and free <laughs> just by doing what you just said, Corey. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's why it's so unutilized and frankly, it's, it's, it's one of the basic premises on why I did this podcast just to say, hey, you're a, if you're a business owner, there. My assertion is that no matter what industry you're in, no matter what size you are, no matter what level of capital you have or don't have, there's a deal you can do to help grow absolutely. your business. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. So let's. So I want to talk. You know, start getting more specifically into this givers. You know, community concept, right? For Which sure. Is, for sure. You know, like you, you've set the scene a little bit on where it. Yeah. I think some of those principles came from your mentor. Let's talk about how that developed over time and, you know, and, and, and what, what all this great stuff you're doing now. For sure. And, and certainly there's a lot of great communities. I mean, there's people that, you know, love dogs. Obviously, you're one of them. I yeah. am too. And, uh, and, and, you know, there's, there's communities that help children. There's, I mean, there's great, all kinds of great communities. But, there, but the communities most recently, certainly in the last couple of years, has taken on a new meaning. And I would use as an example for your listeners uh, the word diet, D-I-E-T, all right? Years ago, do you know that when someone went to a diet, they went to a meeting. If you went to a meeting, you went to a diet. And then later on, words spelled the same. The word meant a stipend. If you got an allowance, you got a diet, right? And then later on, as I was growing up, the word diet meant your eating habits, the way you ate your daily diet. Yes. Now the word means weight loss. Right, yep. diet means weight loss. You say weight, yep. that, that same word spelled the same way, changed meanings, and we've I think seen the same thing with the word community, uh, and so I identify what we call so-called communities that I identify as taker communities, mm -hmm. uh, and I would ask your listeners see if this sounds familiar. You see something where it's social media or somewhere else, you say join our community, our, our community. We got a lot involved, a lot of, and then within hours or weeks later, usually even days they're already soliciting you to buy something, right? All right, the, first of all, those aren't communities. Uh, they should just, it's bait and switch. They should just call it what it is. It's a customer list. Call it a customer list and you're gonna put me on your list. No problem, I got, you know, I got that. I, and if I'm interested, I'm good with it. But don't do a bait and switch on me. Say it's a community and then all of a sudden you start selling me a bunch of stuff, right? So I call those taker communities. And the example would be of the old west you know, where the covered wagons would circle in a big wagon. With the taker community, they circle the wagons and they shoot inward. I mean, it's, 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 it's totally backwards, right? So uh, by contrast, uh, with, with the taker community, it's real simple. A taker community is there to make money off of you. Mm -hmm. Big distinction between that and a giver community, right? Now, giver community, First, uh, I set stage with one thing, my business mentor, he called it the giver scale of life. And it, this gets into the intention of a community. And intention is so important. And he said, picture in your life, and this is my very first years, early years with him. He said, picture this huge scale of life. And on one side, you have all the things you're gonna get, the receiving side, right? And he said, on the other side, all the things you're gonna give. He said, the interesting thing about the giver scale of life is it strives for balance and will always ultimately balance itself. Yeah. He said, here's what you do. Forget about the receiving side. 
Forget yeah. about it. It's going to be hard, but forget about it. And do your job to try to get the scale out of balance by heaving so much on the giving side that you throw it off balance. He said, because when it balances itself, you won't be able to spend the money you're going to make. And, and I can tell you, I, I can share with you as a personal testimonial, that was accurate. At 33 years old, 1989 was the first year I earned a million in one year in salary after I paid, not business money, that's yep. salary after I paid taxes by doing just what he said. So he came to me because he, because of his diabetes actually as a younger child, because he was basically malnutrition, right? During the depression and mm -hmm. eating meals or cardboard and that kind of thing. So later on his diabetes really did take a toll on his life. And it was unfortunately passed early because of that. But because of that, now here's a critical part of deal making why we want to have the right people around us. Sam came to me, his name was Sam Robbins, my mentor, and he said, he said, Ead, uh, I'd like to have us compete. I said, what? And at this point, we're equal partners in another business. And we, no. you know, diamond business already sold and gone. And we were doing something else. And he said, uh, he said, I'd like to have us compete with each other. And I thought, okay, what does this mean? Then he said, here's what I propose. We compete to see who can make each other more money and the loser has to buy the winner anything they want. <laughs> and I said, what? I said, wait a minute, let me see if I get this. What you're suggesting is that you and I compete and I try to earn you more money than you earned me in a year. And you try to earn me more money than I earned you in a year. And whoever loses has to buy the winner anything they want, whatever it is. He said, that's it. And I took a deep breath and I said, okay, you're on. Well, Corey, the first year he beat me so bad, it wasn't even funny. Yeah. I paid cash for a house for him in Florida. <laughs> I cashed out the house. That was what he wanted. Now, here's the part. I couldn't be upset. I couldn't be mad because I had the money there and he had earned me more money than I made him. Right, right. So it wasn't like I didn't have the money. I had right. it, right? right? Well, and then I, I started getting smart then. Then the second year, he bought me an airplane. That's when I became a commercial pilot. Third year, he bought me a limousine. Fourth year, he bought me a second airplane. And then the fifth year, we just started carrying it over. You know, what do you want? I don't know, just carry it over, right? The toys were already accumulating. Right, right, but the right, point right. with all of this was, I call that, and it's so critical, when we find the right people, I call that the giver's contest intention. When mm. we form people around us who are willing to do just what's that? I mean, when you think about, and here's the other part, Corey, his health was deteriorating. He knew he couldn't keep up with me. Right. He knew it, right? I'm 33. Right. I'm in my 30s, right? Uh, he couldn't keep up with me. That's the ultimate giver's move, right? He yeah, knew, yeah. he proposed something he knew ultimately. And, and he, he did, he didn't want my head to get goofed up because yeah. we're splitting everything 50-50 and I'm putting in more effort. He can't keep up. So he wanted, he knew eventually I would win, right? And that I, and I would get these extra benefits, right? And these extra little perks, mm -hmm. as, if you will. And, and you think about the genius of thinking it, crafting it, proposing it, how great is that? Yeah, you know, it's really interesting. This is, you know, everything's perfect, right? So I literally, right before recording this episode with you, got off a call with somebody who reached out to me um, through one of my entrepreneurial communities and said, hey, Corey, you recommended it to me. Um, I've had three very successful businesses. I've owned them on my own. But now I'm entering the fourth business and, and, I, and I'm looking to bring in a partner and here's the reasons I'm looking to bring in a partner, but I'm afraid, I'm worried, right? Because I hear all these horror stories about business partnerships, right? You know, 
one friend of mine told me that, you know, somebody transferred part of their equity without them knowing, and there were oh, family yeah. members involved, someone else horror died, became a disaster, like all these horror stories, right? And what I what I love is because, you know, uh, what I love is contrasting that to the story you just told, right, about, uh, you know, obviously a, an amazingly successful business partnership and friendship and mentorship. Um, and, um, you know, I am, a lot of people in my profession as lawyers, right, they're trained, I mean, we, you don't spend any time in law school looking at what worked. You only read cases about everything that went wrong, right? So my, my argument is always, you know, with all due respect to my colleagues, that many of them are over-indexed against risk, not that, not that avoiding risk, not that mitigating risk, not that being aware of risk is not an important part of the puzzle, but there's also the upside, the opportunity, and you have to take that into account, and you can't, uh, and you, you, you need both. Um, so one of the things that's powerful for me here is because I also believe in energy intention, right? And how you manifest things is, you know, think about it, folks, listeners, when you're like, look at that contrast when, and when you go into, yes, are there things you want to make sure you have right in the agreement and protections and stuff like that? When you go into a business partnership, absolutely. Any good lawyer is going to help you with that. Um, but what about the approach to a business partnership, right? That's that's a key deal in many businesses is, the, is who you partner with, right? And think about it. If you come from that giver's mentality versus, you know, being, you know, in scarcity or fear or whatever around what somebody might do to you, how much better is that for the business partnership? I mean, EA gave such a great example of that, right? Look at that. I mean, ended up with planes and houses and whatever. More importantly, you know, than that, I think was the is the life lessons and the relationships that you know that he's built and now what he's able to teach other people based upon that experience right and and the times corey when he i learned over the years where there was times he was more out for me than i was right because of my ignorance and impetuousness and you know immaturity and and be and he had that wisdom right and and so I, and, and that's what I want to sort of migrate into because I think it's such a, an important part of doing deals and having businesses and having partners. And then even those that are like the next and second, third level from us in the business, you know, that the employees and managers, how do we go about and discern those? Because, you know, it, it, with my first round of interviews I did, we talked about contrasting givers and takers. And one of the guys I that I was with on, as a host, he said, uh, his man is really good. I just read a book and it said, you got to have five good people around you. And I said, okay, you're right. You need to. Question, which five? And he stared at me with this blank look. I said, you see my point? No one's teaching us how to discern yes. who we should have in our relationships and who we shouldn't. And it's a skill set. And we teach it, Corey, by teaching how to observe deeds. Don't listen to what they're saying. Watch what they do and yes. observe, be aware and have a plan of what you're observing and what you should be looking for that will help tip you off. Should I bring them in closer or should I respectfully distance myself? Not on what they said, but on what you're seeing them actually do because our deeds will always talk louder than our words. So we teach discernment. No question. No question. Yeah, and and that Jim, you know, I think it would, uh, I don't know if it came from that, but many people talk about the Jim Rohn quote that you're the average of the, the five people yeah, yeah. that you right most around you, and you know, and and there's it, there's there's definitely some truth in that, but yeah, I mean that question of you know of, of of how you discern that, and also I think what it is, and I love your your view on this is because I think you know it's one thing to sort of just discern and vet you know people when you bring them in, but there's also something about the culture you create, right? The vision that you have, the way you you approach things, the values that you hold in your in your company, which obviously your mentor and you know and you did that also 
uh, you know, will call people forth or have them opt out. I think if you, you know, that's what happens when you have a real, you know, you hold a high standard around whether it's giving or whether it's, you know, community, or whether it's, you know, being supportive or positive. What happens is the people have to step up or, or the disconnect becomes so much that they, that they'll part way friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and, uh, and that's well said. And I, but I have to say, Man, as an attorney, you are quite an amazing man. I have to, I mean, these are, you know, it's just like you are totally disproving Shakespeare's famous quote. Uh, so I just, <laughs> which I will not no. repeat as we know, but uh, I, and I just, I, 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 my hat's off to you, Corey. I have to say that's quite amazing that, uh, you know, and I could tell you're, you're of the more of a deal maker kind of mindset. In other words, if there is a way to do it, you can help people sort of craft a way to put the pieces together so it works. And that's a very unusual talent. Uh, so my hat, if I had a hat, I would be. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I appreciate it. You know, listen, I consider myself an entrepreneur who happens to have one of my businesses be, you know, be a law firm. Yes, from a professional ethics point of view, I'm definitely a lawyer. But also, you know, I've done, I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of personal growth, right? You know, and, and, I, and I really believe I mean, I, you know, I believe there is a universal law of giving and receiving, right? And I do believe exactly what you shared, you know, with your mentor is that, you know, it's it's about, you know, the universal law will take care of the receiving part, right? You just give, 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 give with no, and the key is, I always say to people, no expectation of return, right? You know, yeah. like, so that's why when people say give first, I don't even believe in that because the give first sort of means you're expecting something second, right? No, you know, you just... Um, so, uh, and I found that, uh, you know, my, my, that's my biggest success is that, you know, I'm, I'm committed to be of service. I want to make a difference for folks. And if you do that, you can be taken care of. I really believe that. For sure. For sure. So my hat's off to you, my friend, you're an amazing, uh, amazing man. Oh, I and that. I say that truthfully and genuinely. Let's take a break from the show for a minute so I can invite you to a new way to determine your deal readiness. I created a fast and easy assessment that will determine exactly how deal ready you are. Once you complete the assessment, I use your responses to identify the obstacles that are holding you back from being a deal-driven growth genius. It's as easy as heading to coreycupfer.com slash assessment. That's coreycupfer.com slash assessment and filling out a few multiple choice questions. I'll be checking in after the episode to see what your results are. Now back to the show. So Give us a little more specifically now about like, you know, because I know you have a methodology, right? The yes, seven, we do. Seven, yes, you know, we do. So let's, let's get into it a little bit. Great. Appreciate it. Um, and so what we have with Givers University is we recognize that, and, and you know, and, and I'm sure you've heard of Think and Grow Rich and your listeners have too. And there's, a, you know, Napoleon Hill talks about a mastermind. And I've seen so many mastermind groups come together and within a couple of weeks or months, they just disassemble. Mm -hmm. and, and I've always seen that. And, I, and yet it's a critical thing. I know how it worked for Sam and I. So we decided at Givers University that we would begin to teach people how to build step-by-step step, their own community. And this is perfect for business owners, for bringing partners in, for the people that are gonna have close to them and the people that may not be as close but are still a part of it, all a part of it, literally step-by-step. Step. Now we call a giver's community a giver's junto. Uh, and for those that are unfamiliar with the word Junto, basically a Junto is uh, a group of people getting together for a common purpose. Um, the term was first used, a Spanish term from the 1600s. Uh, wasn't used much until the 1700s when Ben Franklin picked it up. And in uh, 1727, Ben Franklin got a group of 12 close friends together and he formed a group called the Mutual Improvement Club. Mm -hmm. uh, later on, he called it the Junto. Also, he called it the Leather Apron Club. They met every Friday 
met for a couple of hours, covered everything from morals to ethics. They also talked about politics and everything else. And interestingly enough, do you know our very Declaration of Independence could arguably be traced back to those initial conversations that wow. Ben Franklin had at his Junto. So I share with you, don't underestimate the power of when we have people around us that are all of the same mind. Uh, and because you know there is a, a synergistic effect that happens as a direct result of that. So we teach people how to form or become a member of three different kinds of Juntos. So I wanna touch on those. And then I wanna get into how do you, you know, just sort of a, a quick outline. This is how you form one. This is, these are the steps you go through to get this ideal community around you, right? So the first uh, giver's junto is what we call the giver's greater junto. This is, this can be any size and number of people, membership worldwide. Uh, good example of that might be maybe Salvation Army or uh, maybe Lions Club, something like that, right? They have a, a and, and they're worldwide and have different chapters. That's a, what we call a giver's greater junto. Second is a giver's insider junto. Now that's two to 12 members, a much more close-knit group of members. Uh, ben Franklin's Leather Apron Club would be a good example. Then we have the giver's millionaire junto, which is a junto of two to 12 vetted millionaires mm -hmm. that are a close-knit group who've achieved a certain status that are working together. A good example of the millionaire junto would be in 1915, Henry Ford, formed a Junto, a millionaire Junto with himself, Thomas Edison, we all know who he is, Harvey Firestone, Firestone mm -hmm. Tires, and John Burroughs. Uh, John Burroughs was a writer, naturalist. Also, interestingly enough, he was also a federal bank examiner, which is sort of interesting. <laughs> I, so I figured he was the money guy, right? So <laughs> a federal bank examiner. Uh, and so, and, and actually Henry Ford named their group, the Four Vagabonds. And they would travel together and this went on for some time and until it got to the point that it started getting well known, other people tried to hitch a ride whenever they were traveling. Right, right. Be part of it. So they had to be a little more secret, but that's a really good example of what I would call a, a, a millionaire Junto, a really close knit of successful people that are from, you know, that are helping each other. And here's the thing that is so critical. This is the part, the giver's contest intention. That is every person Every member has a fiduciary responsibility to put the other people's interests before their own. Yeah. The giver's contest intention, I'm, using, I'm making reference obviously to Sam's contest that he mentioned to me. When they have the right intention going in and they're committed to that intention and they are made to commit to it. In other words, this is what this is. If, you, if this is not comfortable for you, great, let's part way friends. It's no problem, yeah. no problem at all. But we are all gonna hold each other accountable in this. Because when you, when, when you get this right, and I know you've seen it, Corey, that when you've got one person and you've got 11 other people more interested in that person becoming successful and each person is doing that, yep. it becomes magic. I mean, the power that comes out of that is, is beyond comprehension truthfully. 100%. So those are the three Juntos. Great. I'll give a quick example, folks. I mean, uh, many Please of do. my listeners know that I have been a member of Entrepreneurs Organization for many years. I took some time off, I just came back. Um, and we have something called Forum. And the, and the whole thing about, uh, about EO is that it's a non-solicitation environment. You cannot ask for business. You don't have that business cause. It's a peer-to-peer -peer learning and support organization. And within EO, you have something called Forum. So I have some folks I've been meeting with up to 12 years. There's so a few of them came in later, but there's seven of us that have met monthly 
for you know 12 years. Uh, I've got another past presidents forum because I was president of the New York chapter of EO where we meet quarterly for the last six years. And these are all folks uh, running million dollar plus businesses because that's what you need to be uh, you right. know, in EO. So they have a certain level of, of success. Many right. of them running bigger businesses than, than a million. Um, and um, yeah, and you know, and we meet to support each other. And the interesting part, and I, I'd be interested to hear your view on this, Nia. What we find in forum is that in the beginning, you spend a lot of time on business, and then not that you don't continue to support specifically in business, but over time, what happens is the rest of life comes in because you get to know each other. The level of trust is there. The level of champion for everybody. So whether it's people's health, their marriages, their you know, uh, families, their, you know, whatever it is, right, that comes into play as well, because especially as entrepreneurs, it all affects our, you know, it's all about creating the life we want, right? I mean, remember one year in our forum, we had a, a, a theme that affected me so positively, which was ideal life now. The concept was like, all these people say, oh, when I retire, when I sell my business, or whatever. no, 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 ideal, how do we support each other to create ideal life right now, now right? Yeah. And that's what had me get my place in California. And I've been by awesome. for six years because I said, that's the ideal life that I want to have. Yeah, the the distinction between the 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 uh, the ultimate destination versus the beauty of the journey, you know, and uh, and 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 to go through that. So uh, if if so, those are the three juntos, and we teach people to either form their own chapter, yep. or they can become a member of another one, and we'll just connect them. Uh, yep. And 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 we're, we're and what we do is to go through now how we build them. There's an actual methodology that we teach people, and how do you form this? How do you go about doing this? And let, let me ask a clarifying question before you go into yes, that because yes. I want to hear it. So you were so there are all around the country, world. What is this the domestic, international? How many you know chapters or juntos do you have? Like, I, like give people an idea of the scope of it, and then we can. I'd love to hear other you know. The Very good. Uh, this is my third podcast, even explaining it. <laughs> so uh, this is this was the purpose of my second round of podcasts, if you will. Got it. Uh, and we and actually we just and we just had and I appreciate you asking me that because we actually just did a whole redo on our website and we have a whole part of the website relating to the Junto and for those that want more information. So uh, this is right. literally all of this has been in the planning stages for some time. And the first 120 podcasts I did was basically talking about the distinction between givers and takers. And now we're showing them, okay, now that you know that, how do you implement it in a way by surrounding yourself with these people step-by-step? Step? So we are at the point where all this is being formed. It, it literally is happening as we speak. So uh, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to be able to share this with you that early in the game for sure, because you're gonna Great be able to say, hey, I remember when, you know, <laughs> so yeah. So listen, uh, with your history of how you scaled other businesses, I am sure this one will, you know, will scale as well. So yeah, so give us the elements of-, uh, of Please do, we, please do. The, uh, it, it basically, we, we break it down into an acronym, a word that has seven letters because there's seven steps and each okay. letter has a step, right? The word is discern. D-I-S-C-E-R-N. Those are the seven steps of forming a Junto. All right, so the first letter, and I'm just gonna hit these sort of quick on the interest of time here. Yep. I should have warned your listeners, I never say anything in 10 minutes if I can say it in 20, but uh, they, had something. <laughs> they should have known by their last name. Anyway, so, the, uh, so D in discern stands for decide. You have to decide who do you want in. So we actually provide a list, it's a checklist of the, what we call the 25 do's. These are the 25 deeds you want to be watching them do it because if they're not, do not invite them. Mm -hmm. 
So we break, I mean, it's very granular. It's not, you know, we broke it down, Corey, to where you can no longer say, how do I do that? You stare at it and you say, that's how I do it, right? So here's the 25 things, the actual deeds you should be observing and looking for. And if they hit these, then these are the people you want to discern and bring in. So the first thing is we teach them how to decide. You have to decide who do I do it, right? Not just, not because you like them. I mean, it may be that, but that, but you know, they could be off on 24 of them and you don't want them in. Right. So the, the I is for invite the I, right? So I is for invite, invite 12, invite 12 of them initially. Uh, the S is for seed. So you explain to them the three, what we have in with our givers Junto, we call it the three pillars. First, we explain the intention, what we call the givers contest intention. Are you okay to that? And are you willing to commit to it? Because if you don't, and you fall off the rails, we're going to talk about it. And if still you're off the rails, I want to let you know we will part ways friends. Yep. From the very beginning, we lay it out. This is what's expected and no problem then, right? And wow. and and we're going to keep each other accountable. I want you to keep me accountable. I'm going to keep you accountable too. The giver's contest intention is a must. Our intentions are the glue that are going to hold us together. Perfect. And then we go through our three pillars. The three pillars is our credo, give to be great. You can be great by giving. Our pledge to help every Givers Junto member lead a life of predictive, massive, and exceptional happiness, freedom, and greatness. And our labor of love that we all are going to be embarking on is to end hunger one zip code at a time. Mm. And we're letting, and we're bringing out a huge, massive program this coming fall, 2022, where we literally will be going through the exact methodology step by step to end hunger a zip code at a time and it, and all through our Juntos. And it's going to be just a, 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 an extraordinary, extraordinary event. So we're gearing up for that. Hence the podcast, start the education, get Love the it. chapters formed and going forward, et cetera. So we have the intention. We have, a, you know, everyone's committed to that. And then what we do is the next one is the after S is C and that's to convene on a regular basis. Yep. It might be weekly, bi-weekly, monthly, just so it's a consistent basis that they convene. E, yep. establish a name. Uh, you know, just give it an identity, the group and identity, like the four vagabonds, if you will, right? Yep. Uh, the yep. leather apron club, if you will, right? Yep. Uh, so E, establish it and give it a name. R, rotate each week who the leader is going to be. Now, we actually send out to all of the Juntos and Will questions to help their agenda stay structured. Uh, questions for all of the members of the group to ask and respond to on a regular basis so that there's structure, continuity, that helps the, the glue stay together as well. So that they we, we are maintaining that fiduciary responsibility of all the members having everyone's interest ahead of their own and all of them being accountable. So uh, we rotate, that's R. And the last one, N, is numbers to broadcast and to become members and seed other Juntos. So someone could be a part of an inner Junto with one group and a millionaire's Junto with another accordingly. So we, we, so we actually are teaching this. We have a YouTube channel, Skivers University, and we have one of our playlists that we put out every week. We have a two minute clip and it's called, the playlist is called how to build your own Givers Junto uh, quotes uh, community. And every week we're laying out a two minute clip here's the next step. Here's the next step. Here's the next step. Here's what you do so that someone can, so that someone can literally listen to all of these 
two-minute clips and go through from beginning, from the intention to the contest to what the you know the and when we get into the di you know spelling out discern every step so that they will be able to see for themselves. Plus, as a support, we're going to be helping them as well. So, I, I think the impact with this can not only with the labor of love, but to teach people. You know, it's like one lady I, I was into with some live uh, live gig a couple months ago and this lady's on there and she's a consultant and she's well I never you know I'm always really careful not to give away all my stuff and I said you're not gonna like what I say next right she says what's that I said you don't have enough stuff I said if you're concerned about them taking it all you need to start getting some more stuff because you know you, you should be able to have so much that you could be giving and giving and giving and you're just right. getting warmed up value that you can give right absolutely so, and, and I know you're right on this page Corey so if you picture 100%. in your mind these groups worldwide that are being trained on this that in a structured situation that are all helping each other based on a contest my mentor came to me with that totally blew my mind. And later on, when I realized what he had to, where did he even come up with that from in the thought process to come and approach me with that? And now to realize that even though he's passed on, it will impact, we believe, millions of people in the future. Love it. Love Have it. the intention. Try Love to get it. that scale out of balance. And, and you know, that that's, that also brings up something that I also believe in, which is this concept and, and you know, whether it's the, it's, you know, his approach, uh, what you're building here, the hunger, you know, um, uh, uh, approach is, you know, life is so much better when you're pay, playing a game that's much bigger than you. Oh, for sure. You know, for sure. And it's, it just makes all the difference when it's, you know, when it's, it's about others, it's about the world, it's about your community, whatever level, it, it doesn't matter, just as long as it's bigger than yourself. Um, so EA, what, where do people find out about, where do they go? What's the website? What's the contact information then to find out more information about all this? Real simple. They, uh, our website is giversuniversity.com, uh, plural, giversuniversity.com. And then they will go to, as my son uh, taught me, the thing in the upper right-hand corner, those three lines, that's called a hamburger. I See, I didn't yes. know that. And, 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 and apparently you can have upside down and sideways hamburgers too. But anyway, so, so <laughs> but he said, so everyone should go to the hamburger, click on it, and then they'll see a page. One of the options of tabs will be the Givers Junto. Uh, they can fill out in there they have basically six options for information. Uh, they can form a chapter of each one of those three different Juntos I mentioned, and we'll yep. teach them how to do it. Or they can become a member of a pre-existing one and we'll help them connect with one. And they just fill it out, give us their in quick, small info, uh, and we'll send that. Also, we recommend they uh, uh, participate in our newsletter. We have a free newsletter. Um, we don't email people, you know, we're not spammers. We don't, you know, once a week, every Thursday, we send every Thursday morning a simple, easy we call it the giver's toolbox and basically every week we send out a new tool a new relationship tool that everyone can add into their relationship toolbox with givers and building a giver community around them so uh and it's absolutely free we love doing it and by the way um what they sign up when they sign up for the newsletter the second th download they'll get from us for free it's all totally free is the 25 do's i mentioned nice uh, for the how do you discern who you should have with you because it, because it's not only with juntos but it's every relationship we have uh so we we, we want to give them the tools and just get that do our best Corey, to get that scale out of balance love it love it love it so folks definitely check it out i mean listen i i, I am so aligned with this philosophy i'm also aligned with surrounding yourself with people who you know who, who follow this philosophy and this is a great opportunity to do that um uh, I wish we had hours more because there's so much more we can talk about. 
But before I go to my last question, I'm gonna ask you, obviously the biggest tip is around right giving. It's around these relationships and these key people, uh, you know, and that affected business partnerships we talked about. But you've done other deals, you've sold companies, you've done stuff. If you had one other tip around successful deals, right, what would it be? Because uh, things, money and successes will always ebb and tide in all of our lives. Uh, and, and there's certain things we need to have in ourselves that will help us always reframe in our minds the ebbs and the tides when they happen. And I can share with your listeners the three things that my business mentor taught me to say to myself as a business owner every day, because sometimes we're going to see things and, you know, at a quick glance, it may seem insurmountable or they're going to be some obstacle. We get blindsided or something. And I can share with you these three things he taught me became things I say every single day and I've done it for over four decades now because it's had an impact on my life. And I share these three things with your listeners that they should begin saying to themselves as a business owner, as a deal maker, as an employer, say these things and these are them. I will never give up. I will keep rising up and I will always overcome. Wow, I love that. I love that. Okay. Final question on the podcast. Um, freedom is my highest ideal in life. Uh, it, to me, it's everything from freedom from all people from oppression in the world to the reason I'm an entrepreneur and I haven't had a boss in, you know, in, in decades. Um, what does freedom mean to you and how does it apply in your life and business? Uh, freedom to me, basically, I have to say, is genuinely, I'm living it right now mm -hmm. uh, because it, uh, it and it, it, it has, to, I put freedom and happiness very, very close to each other as almost uh, twin sisters. And uh, my business mentor taught me, he said, happiness is not the absence of stress. It's the proper management of it. Yes. He said, you're always going to have stress. He said, so happiness is managing it properly. And freedom is that same to me, the management of that freedom that we have in our lives. And for me, predictive, massive, and exceptional, happiness, freedom, and greatness are all the definition of what freedom's all about. And that's what we teach with Give to Be Great. Love it. Neil Sokovitz, thank you so much for being an amazing guest on the Deal Quest podcast. Thank you, Corey. Thank you so much for having me. And I pray we gave some uh, thought-provoking things for your listeners. And uh, I look forward to talking with you in the future because I think uh, you're the kind of, my, kind of guy I like to keep close contact with, Corey. Thank you. Sounds great. Feelings mutual. Thank you for joining me on this episode of DealQuest, where we help you understand how deal-driven growth can be your ticket to freedom. I want to invite you to a unique way to tap into the wisdom and experience of the DealQuest community. Join the DealQuest Deal Den Zoom calls, a free monthly 90-minute mastermind. In the mastermind, we address all the challenges you may be facing and help support you with the opportunities that may arise in terms of deal-driven growth. You will get input not only from me, but all the members on the call will collaborate and serve each other in a mastermind format. To sign up for the free mastermind, go to www.coreycupfer.com slash dealden. That's coreycupfer.com slash dealden. I'll see you there. I'm Corey Kupfer. Until next week, wishing you the freedom and financial prosperity that I know your deal quest will bring.